Mila, you ever feel like uh, having a podcast is kind of like running a small business? It's exactly like running a small business. It is exactly okay? like running a small I, business. I don't know if, who's the boss, you know, speaking of who's the boss, we had Tony Danza on this podcast one time, wow, but anyway, um, <laughs> but no, it is. I mean, we've got, we've got, you know, things we've got to do. We've got deadlines, yeah. we, you know, so yeah, yeah it's very much like, like a um, small business. We've got, we've got promotion, all that kind of stuff. So, right, right. So, well, you know, how, it's, so why are you asking me this um, question? Well, it's actually very fortunate you should say that because it just so happens that this episode of Unprofessional Development is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. And they understand that running a small business is tough. And they also understand that empathy is so important. Okay. Yeah, when, yeah. when you're finding someone to, to, that understands your issues is so important when you're when you're looking for a healthcare provider. Exactly right. And that's the thing. They're going to give you some peace of mind with a group benefit plan because they offer things like health and dental and life and disability coverage for your employees, for the vast quantity of employees we have here at the Unprofessional yes, Podcast Yes, yes, I know, I know. I Margin network. accounting. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, with her gout. So we definitely need to have some 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 good coverage for her. Absolutely. And, and you know, the thing is, I mean, you've already said it, me like you're, you're a busy guy. Right, you're pretty busy. Very busy. Yeah. Very so busy. the yes. thing, the really great thing about the Alberta Blue Cross Group benefits is that they're easy to manage, and you can do it anywhere, you can do it anytime, and you can do it on any device. On any device. On any device. At my, all. My speak and spell from that I got from like yes. the ET set. That yes. Can I use that? Absolutely. Yeah. You you could you know pick up pick up like any piece of garbage in your house and just manage your healthcare. Your, that your is group fantastic. Plan. That's fantastic. That it was, is amazing. When I go to like late night visits to the fridge, what you doing? <laughs> I'm managing my healthcare, <laughs> Miss my, Mrs. Mealy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, if you want to learn uh, more and you want to explore your options, you know where you can go. I'll bet you don't. I'm going to tell you. You can go to ab. Use ab.bluecross.ca. I'm going to say it one more time. It's ab.bluecross.ca. Ca. Okay. Unprofessional Development is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Welcome, unprofessionals, to a comedic episode of Unprofessional Development. I'm your co-host, Shay Lawrence. And I'm Mealy. And today we have with us um, Brian Moot. Um, I found him on the Twitter, and he um, is a um, former teacher, and now he's a comedian. And I mean, like, that's exactly what, that's the reason you tune in, is because you want fun um, education stuff. So it sounds like right in our wheelhouse. So we're glad to have him on here. How you, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I think that, um, I mean, I, when I started doing stand up when I was, um, working in special ed. So I feel like the, uh, I, I know all the teachers that I work with, like the, the, the veterans when I started stand up or the, I mean, the sense of humor they had was incredible. So, yeah. um, it kind of lends itself to just being funny every day, you know, but for that was before I started doing open mics. So it was right. really helpful in that regard. Yeah. 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 So, we try to start off just kind of like laying a base and you can kind of go wherever you want with this as to kind of like help people kind of get to know you. So what does um, education and being an educator mean to you? And you can be as general or specific as 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 you want and kind of hit some maybe some bio points if you need to as well with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I, I thought that, you know, the teachers that I and educators I connected best with when I was uh, trying to learn uh, trying to uh, go to, you know, and trying to enjoy school. We're always the ones who had a sense of humor, great storytellers, 
um, you know, look, look like they enjoyed, you know, kind of being off the cuff a little bit. I think that there's a, the best teachers and educators in the world are would if they were all were comedians would be great at crowd work. Cause you have to be, yeah. especially <laughs> when you have a classroom full of kids that are, you know, making it their daily business to either make each other laugh or just, uh, you know, uh, just keep you on your toes. Uh, and so for me, I, I always feel like, you know, you know, in the classrooms that I go into now, just to talk to kids and stuff, it's, um, you know, I, I think it's more inspiring kids to understand that their world seems so big, so uh, to them it's huge, but they don't even know like what's out there. Right. So it's kind of, a uh, letting kids know, especially ones that, you know, I grew up in a rural area that even though your world seems so incredibly like everything seems so important to you now, there's like so much stuff out there that you're going to enjoy, um, you know, after you leave school, you know, whatever small school you're at, whatever small universe you're in uh -huh. and you look back and just want to tell yourself like not to take everything so serious, you know, yeah. do your best, but it's also not the end of the world if something doesn't go your way necessarily right. or right. If, yeah. Uh, if, the, if, if your book report, like mm -hmm. it's rained on, on the way to, on the way to school, it, 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 it'll, it'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Or I, you didn't read the book at all. It just tried to, <laughs> um, tried to be your way through it. I remember I had a, uh, my senior project in high school. I had a teacher who, who got me. I now looking back at it, I'm like, Oh, that guy got me pretty well. Uh, Mr. Durbin. He, uh, I didn't even research one second of of this paper i wrote it was like a world um it was like world conflict and i wrote about northern ireland versus ireland uh -huh. and i didn't read one thing i just kind of regurgitated anything my grandmother who's irish would complain about there you go and then <laughs> maybe copy two lyrics you know yeah and <gasps> copy and pasted fake uh citations nice throw numbers in all over and he said he read the first page, realized I hadn't done one second of research, and then gave me a weekend to figure out exact, like figure out what I wanted to say about yes. the Irish, the Ireland conflict, which wasn't incredibly interesting when other people were writing about, like you know, monster world problems. And then I wrote about this very specific one because my grandmother grew up complaining about <laughs> about Protestants. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. But he didn't fail me. He didn't fail me. He just said, "Hey, you have a weekend to yeah, fix this. it." That's because nice. he didn't even try. And I was like, yeah. "Thank you." That is cool. And, and, Very cool. And that's and that you know, life we, life is full of do overs. So there should be mm -hmm. do overs, do overs in in, in in the classroom. No, I I was gonna funny. I, speaking of like fake citations, multiple papers that I did, um, some in high school and 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 quite a few in college where there was like a requirement you had to have like six references or something like that right right and i would um get like one reference so whether you know it was a book that i had read or whatever and then i would just look at their references in the in the, mm -hmm. in, the in the back of there and i would just copy and paste those citations yeah as if as if I had the, you know, I'm like, well, then I kind of have those sources, you know, those or you're, or you're just looking, you're looking for titles of uh, research papers that seem like they might say what you just said there based on the title. Yep. Of the, <laughs> I mean, not, not things I advocate for, but I guess it really depends on what your goal is. You know, I don't, I don't feel like the uh, taking it super serious on the research citations is that big a deal when your ultimate goal is to become a graphics art designer you know like it's not like you know one needs to get failed over a weird citation in a you know in a senior class when they don't want to do anything involving research for the rest of their life right absolutely I'm just, I'm just checking i'm just checking a box and making sure that this is done and you know i've given you your your 500 words or thousand words of 
eight pages yeah. or whatever whatever it is like let, let's you know so not worry about my, my my citation i've like i've shown that i've learned something and i've and i've mm-hmm. had some had some had some thought so yeah well it's funny i think that you know my when i look at some of the classes and i worked in a lot of special ed classes and a lot of uh, behavior disorder classes and stuff like that or i wouldn't say disorder i guess behavioral uh behavioral issue classes because yeah um and uh I remember looking at some of the IEPs and I'm sure where I'm hoping that things have changed in terms of education policy, but I'd read some of them and go, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like this, you know, some of these benchmarks that you have are not realistic at all for some of these kids. No. And I think that when I look at some, you know, some of the, some teachers who really get it are like, look, it's not so much you're learning, but also really what you're learning is to be responsible because it, you know, it's not like you're, you know, for a lot of kids who don't, or a lot of people in general who don't have that drive to, I'm mean, like, I'm going to be a doctor. The biggest, the biggest thing you can learn about, you know, school is showing up uh-huh. and, you yeah. know, getting things done, whether or not you're the, you know, your essay was, uh, you know, word, wordsmith genius. At least you got something turned in on time because most of it, you know, most of life as an adult. Is just showing up for most of the jobs that you have yes. to do. <laughs> how, how to how to work within the system and, uh-huh. and 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 keep the people that um are above you um satisfied that you have you know yeah that, that you know and, and some of it is it really is and there's I try not to be this teacher but there are a lot of teachers that um it's about their ego and uh-huh. if you can, and like by turning this in and somehow you can kind of you know like you know they feel their their ego gets damaged when the kids don't do work because it's you know it's like why did why did why did like only 20 you know percent of the, the class turn in this assignment mm-hmm. you know and so if you just turn in the assignment and try and make them you know think that you think what they're teaching is important you know then 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 that's then that's going to be half the battle there so definitely definitely so so i'm I'm curious, Brian. I mean, this isn't on the agenda questions, but yeah. I'm going to ask oh, any, so because you said, you know, you kind of picked up your sense of humor from veteran teachers and that kind of thing. And I'm kind of wondering, like, on that spectrum of, like, sort of the the more cynical, dark end gallows humor, perhaps, to, like, sort of light and bubbly, like on Jim Gaffigan talking about food mm-hmm. all the time. Like, kind of where where would you put yourself on that spectrum? Uh, I mean, I think that personally I'm on the darker end of the spectrum, but that's also... <laughs> What, you know, if you're going to do stand-up uh, or like for now when I do morning radio, I, you know, you, you can get away with a little being darker if it's self-deprecating and things like that. But yeah. um, I'm, you know, I try to, you got to find a fine line dead down the center where you can stray into some of the darker, like uh-huh. uh, life fail type stuff, um, you know, or more honest than just kind of silly, you know, like you're talking about Hot Pockets and Jim Gaffey and like that's just right. kind of if some people are into edgier, more real life humor that, you know, dabbles in, oh, we've all burned our mouth on a hot pocket, but we didn't do talk about it for 12 minutes. <laughs> um, so I, you know, the funny part was the sense of humor part. I never told any jokes and I still really don't about a lot of the kids that, um, or being in some of those classrooms that were super challenging. I worked in some really high need autism classrooms uh-huh. and, you know, being a male in education, I think you end up, um, for re- for good reason getting put in classrooms when it work when it comes to special ed that have situations that are a little more intimidating and a little more right so the, um, the, the physical presence they need they need right. physical presence they need there. someone in there to help if you know some of the kids communicate 
um, non-verbally, and sometimes it ends up being a punch being thrown yes. to indicate no. Which right. is like, you know, something you, when I look at IEPs and they'd be like, hey, this student needs to learn how to write their name. And I'm like, well, we're really trying to learn on not punching people right dead in the face when they're upset <laughs> about something. I think we're going to work on that one first because in the, you know, I worked in, in college, I worked in uh, some developmental centers for adults. And I, then when I got into, uh, you know, high school education within some of these classrooms with like really high need kids, I go, ah, you know, I've worked in the adult system and I'm going to tell you like not learning, learning how to communicate without being physical is something that's going to be a tool that's going to give kid these, this individual personal freedoms. Yes. Um, if they land in a situation where they're being taken care of by not their families yes. um, down the road. So I feel like we should probably be a little more realistic here. Um, yeah, but the thing, no, no the one's going to ask them. No one's going to ask them to write. Honestly, even ask them to write their name. Mm-hmm. Like at that at that point, be some kind of no, whatever, right? No, and and if you nice, and if but, if you have a fifty five year old who communicates no by throwing a haymaker, yeah, and like that, that really considerably reduces your ability to be uh, to allow that person to be free and you know to yeah. to have uh, you know liberties and be independent. Right. So I remember like a lot of the, you know, when people go, oh man, working in those classrooms, because I have crazy stories mm-hmm. about working in those classrooms and they're like, oh, those must be so great for stand-up. And I'm like, they're really not. Because <laughs> one, I can't, if people laugh, I don't know if they're laughing at like the right part of the story. And uh-huh. the, the part of the story that always is funny to me is how adults react, right? How, how adults who are quote unquote in regular education or um, just, you know, uh, do don't have the same challenges every day that some of these yeah. kids have. Um, we would always laugh at ourselves, you know, like I remember a story that I've, I've still never really told on stage, but you know, no one ever forgets like the first diaper they had to change on like a, oh, on like a, an adult, yeah. I physically, I know basically yeah. an 18, 19 year old student. Right. And I remember my first day, it was a, um, you know, it was a, a student who like, well, I had to change his diaper. I'd never done that before. Never changed yeah. his diaper in my life. And <laughs> I was like standing out in the hallway, just kind of like, whew, like I need a minute here. Like that's a big, I mean, that's a crazy <laughs> experience, you know, you, and you just do it because it's like, this needs to be done. And, done. Right. You know, it's just, you know, it's part of the job and you just is it, is like it kind of like an initiation thing with the other teachers I, a, a little well, bit. I feel like I, I, I think the experience is an initiation, but really what it, <laughs> it comes down to is like, you're a boy, this boy needs to get changed. So, and and it's just, everything's happening so fast in those classrooms. Like there's no time right. for like, right. well, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Like you just got to do it. Right. So, <laughs> right. and I was out in the hallway and then one of these, uh, a teacher, a guy who, who had changed, who would help change diapers in that classroom before I got there. He was a, a math teacher in for kids who needed a little more assistance with math. And, uh, I was like, kind of just like, you could tell I was uncomfortable and he's like, you all right, buddy. And I was like, Ah, I said to change a diaper and he goes, Oh, who, on who? And I said the student's name and he goes, he didn't lie on the changing table, did he? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, he's not supposed to do that. He can almost do the whole thing himself. But because oh. I was new and new, he's like, <laughs> he's, wor- he's working bare, you a little bit. Yeah. did the bare minimum. And I remember, but just having to laugh at that, like laugh at right. me. Yeah. We're going like, Oh my God, I changed him like a giant baby. Right. And <laughs> yes. That's not how that process is supposed to work. But no one thought to ask me if I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, and 
and he could see that yeah in all the nonverbal communication that i he picked up on when it came to me he was like this dude's a sucker i'm just gonna lay here yes. and let him change me when that's not how his process goes it, he was supposed to be an active participant in you know in changing his own diaper when he had an accident also they said because i was new there was no way it was an accident. Like it was a thing where it's like, oh, new guy, let's see what he's all about. Right. And I remember just <laughs> that's so it, good. That's I just had to. I laughed with all the old yeah. teachers, you know, who were in there. Some of the para pros, and they're like, oh man, like that's that's really funny because sometimes we underestimate how much um, some of these nonverbal students were actually processing. In terms yeah, of like the, right. And, and like, we we tend to like. I thought about a word dehumanize them to some degree mm -hmm. you know what I mean where there's yep. so much personality that's just kind of like maybe struggling to get through to like where we can get it but they have like this personality they've got a sense of humor they've got like you know you know whatever it is how you want to describe a personality that, that that's going to come out in different in different ways and you have to kind of oh, learn yeah. how, how to like how to go oh, okay I'm being played or I'm being or, or yeah. this or this. as well as learning you know what you know why they're upset or why or what brings them joy you know what i mean yeah and, and and it's just the little things like that yeah and those are the things i think when it comes to like you know crafting my sense of humor because I, I don't really ever remember being like a super funny guy or i like telling stories and i like having a good time but you know i grew up on an island on a farm uh in would be on washington near canada so i didn't really comedian wasn't like a thing radio host wasn't a real thing that anyone ever like strived to be so i guess we were just always trying to be funny um, and it wasn't until I started like thinking about doing stand up and writing a lot and and working in that that classroom specifically where, you know, we'd be sitting like after the after we got the kids to the buses, we'd be sitting in the in the room for a minute, like kind of putting everything, you know, putting the wreckage of the day back together <laughs> in, uh, in the room and uh, having some of those teachers who'd been in, you know, para pros and some of those classrooms for 30 years, just telling these like stories that if you didn't understand that where everyone was coming from in terms of kind of a, we're just processing like all of this yeah. really like yeah. this really real kind of overwhelming stuff that we all had to work with mm -hmm. during the day. And, you know, some of the, you know, some of the grossness of like kids with feeding tubes and stuff like that, where you're just kind of like laughing at and then laughing at their reactions and their responses or something that one of the kids said or did. Mm -hmm. um, it's all stuff that helped me kind of craft the ability to be self-deprecating and understand that oh it's really funny when you talk about how bad you were in that situation yeah uh -huh. you know there's so many ways to tell the story of when i had to change that diaper that but really at the end of it like i'm i was in so far over my head and that kid knew it immediately and just like every other 17 18 year old was going to push your boundaries and make yeah. and do the bare minimum Right, you know exactly. What can, oh, what can I get away with? What, what's he going to make me do? All, right, all, all that, all that kind of stuff. And it, and it is funny because it just made me look at him different, like the rest of the year, not in any other way, but like I know that you are way more, like something's going on. You're sneaky, and I'm not. You no, know, like <laughs> I, every time something would happen, I'd be like, Ah, uh, is that really part of your? Are we? No, I don't know about that one. <laughs> like I'm going to break you, dude. There's no way you're. I'm not falling. You blew it the first day. Uh -huh. So I'm not, you're not getting away with anything. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. Cause I mean, like all kids are like that, right? It just, you know, well, yeah, exactly. Up. That's, I mean, that, that's the refreshing part of it is that it's kind of like, oh, it doesn't, oh, okay. You just, your way of expressing it and the, and your way of communicating it is different, but 
at the end of the day, you're still a 17 year old yeah. who is going to do the bare minimum right now, whether it's try to trick me into, you know, Changing like you, diaper, when you substitute yeah. in that first, when you walk into a subclass and like you immediately have to find, you know, you have to pick out the certain kids when you sub and it's like, oh, you're going to be, you're funny, but you're going to be a problem. I'm not listening to you for one second. This one, this kid over here is probably going to snitch on everybody. <laughs> um, where do we find a fine balance here today? So right, yeah, we get right. some things accomplished yeah. and uh, I get out of here and hit happy hour. I think it's always important to ask yourself. I mean, this goes with comedy. Anything will in life is like when you, something kind of shocks you in a way where you're like, oh, I feel out of a place or uncomfortable. Just taking a second to ask is it's just because you're not, you know, you haven't experienced that yet, right? Like, mm -hmm. I remember there's one story that jumps out when I was teaching. Um, I was a fill-in for like three months in this kindergarten class in uh, inner city Seattle. And I used to take the kids outside all the time. I only had 12 kids because they were a little bit on the behaviorally uh, challenging side. Like, mm -hmm. I learned a lot of creative swear words oh. that year. <laughs> uh, from kindergartners who just were like they they came off like grown teenagers just because of the environments they all live in where they have to be yeah. like a little bit tougher and a little bit you know more adult and uh we went outside and we were walking around on the playground um just because i needed them to they had so much kinetic energy that sometimes yeah. in the morning we'd go for a walk or something and just chat about what we were going to do today but it kept them moving enough that you know no one was like harassing each other and we came across um a dead homeless man Oh no! Uh, oh my who god! Was on, who was on the playground? Oh and, my goodness! Yeah, I mean, it was in the middle of winter time. I don't know. You know, I still, I think it was a drug overdose, or I don't remember what the right. said. But wow. um, <laughs> I remember going back in the classroom and not laughing at that. I mean, I feel terrible for that individual who passed. You know, that right. life clearly was very, very challenging. And um, but I remember going in the classroom. And I was really rattled because I've, you know, I was 22 years old and I had yeah. seen a dead person before. Yeah. Right. And, and you I had to expose a bunch of kids to it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't supposed to be outside. And I'm like, oh, man. So then I had to explain to the principal why we were outside at all, which she understood. I'm like, look, I just these kids, if we just sit down right when they get in here, it's going to be chaos. And it's like fights and kids just harassing each other. So I, she's like, no, no, that's totally fine that you're outside. I know, like, you know. It's probably not our policy to, you know, wink, wink. You're not in trouble for it if you have to take kids outside. But right. um, I was super rattled to explain to these kids, like, oh, my God. Like, what a, I mean, what a moment that would rattle me as a child. So I was, like, trying to have this, like, really sincere moment with all these, like, five- and six-year-olds. And I was like, <laughs> guys, come on, man. Like, you know, everyone, like, it's, like, I, if you have any questions about what happened, you know, that in, in the outside, we did the right thing, you know. We don't know what happened with that guy. And, you know, we, we called the pair the authorities and hopefully, you know, if he, hopefully they can do the best they can with that person. You know, if he passes away, then we can only do so much. And this one little kid goes, big deal. He probably overdosed on crack and died. And all, <laughs> all the kids start laughing, oh. laughing. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, cause I'm just, I've, and they're all laughing. Like, yeah, he just smoking crack and died. And then, um, and then I'm wow. like, ah, oh, well, you know, I just, you look, I just want you guys to understand that it's, you know, not always that you find somebody outside that's passed away, but if you do find someone who needs help and they're all laughing, so it's the crack joke because this kid is crushing it. Yeah. And I'm like even more flustered and I'm like, I hey, got guys, 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 I, I, I know. I just want you to know that 
If you ever see someone in distress of any level, the, you know, yeah, you're, the thing you're turning it into a teachable moment. And for them, it's just like, it's just not yeah, working. And, yeah. and I'm like, you just call the authorities. And this kid goes, I mean, he's homeless. They die outside. And I was like, oh my God, this is going so poorly. <laughs> like these kids are just laughing. And this, this lesson is going way the wrong direction immediately. And I'm just so over my head. And I remember after that, the end of that day, I just sit there going, wow, how weird was that? Like those kids were not, they they grew up and they grow up they live in environments where like that's not a weird thing for them just yeah. to experience and they literally just moved on the rest of the day like yeah all right what time's lunch it's like wow what? all I right mean, i gotta yeah. like in a situation like myself that, here yeah, yeah well, in but, a situation but, like that you're the joke right that's yeah. the thing these kids they are were laughing, laughing at how shocked i was yeah trying to have this like sincere kind of like Michelle Pfeiffer dangerous minds moment where I'm like, God, oh, I'm going to tell these kids something that they're never going to forget. Right. These words of wisdom for me. And they just all laughed in my face yeah. about a man dying, probably yeah. dying from crack. I'm like, Oh my God, Damn. this is, yeah. and that's the kind of stuff for me. I laugh at cause I'm like, that is where, and when it comes to humor and comedy is being able to laugh at the fact that not laughing at that man, but laughing at the fact that I was so rattled and these kids were like, this dork over here has never seen a dead guy before. Like, right, right. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, so yeah. Those differences, I think, are where if you can find the humor in the, in kind of like the incongruence of the two things, you're like, oh my God, that's, that is funny that we all are learning. We're all humans on a planet, but everyone has a different, you know, regional, different socioeconomic upbringings that craft kind of your expectations. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is, that is, that's, that, that is really, uh, that's, that's hysterical though. That really is that, you know, now obviously, I mean, I, I think but I can so deep into it, there, there's some kind of like, they, they're not acknowledging it, but, but that's not um, good for your mental health to see, um, uh, overdosed, um, crack. No. People. You know what I mean? Like, some, no, not, not at all. Not, that's a five-year-old, but somewhere along the ways, like, yeah, that, no, it, that might. Your, your interpersonal relationships that you have in the future might be a little um, different or, or challenging because you, you've got this, you know, um, I think sometimes trauma is yeah. overused, but, that, but that, that's trauma. Like you can, you, can have, well, you can laugh about it, but it's trauma. You know what I mean? It's, it speaks to the appreciation of the stresses that a lot of these kids in that regard are, are living under, right? So they, they're laughing because they don't know how to process it and if they didn't laugh at those kinds of things that are rattling, they would be, you know, I mean, you know, like long-term PTSD kind of things. Um, but they've learned to laugh at those things and not take them as seriously terrifying as a defense mechanism because <laughs> their lives are generally would be considered pretty terrifying for a lot of people yeah. living in some of the environments that some kids are forced to have to grow up in, you know? So, and I think that that ability to, to walk that fine line between humor and in laughing in the face of, um, I don't know, stress, I'd say mm -hmm. to a point, but then you're right at some point in time, like you're going to have to, you know, address those things, um, and not let them, you know, dictate the, you know, your, your adjustment abilities in your life. Yeah. 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 That is something else <laughs> go ahead Shane so, you got something well no I I mean it's just one of those things I mean situations like this I just kind of put my put myself in this situation I'm just playing you know like I just start making a movie in my head and I'm like I just so I'm just experiencing the moment I'm just feeling right now I'm not really yeah yeah uh, well, but I, I mean you go ahead. I, you know the funny part about like those environments and I'm not sure where you guys have you know what 
types of environments you've you've taught in or worked in but yeah i think for me as a human being that to the lesson that i learned there was just you have like sh when you commit to something you have to show up for it you know what i mean like a lot of those environments i can laugh at now but there were days where i was like good god this is bad for me. like this is not going well <laughs> um and and but then having to say like oh you do not want to go back there but realizing that it's worse on those kids to, to have some sort of big uproot uh, yeah. change in right. the middle of, of their routine. And that's why a lot of them have the, you know, the, some of the issues that they have is because there's always change. Everyone's changed. There's never, they can never rely on Yeah, no consistency. Yeah. yeah. Follow right. through with anything. Right. Right. Whether it's, it's a change in who's living in their house or it's change what house they're living in. Yep. And then, and then at the school, because of, you know, so many various situations and because it is, I mean, to teach in that, to teach in those types of schools, um, it takes a special personality. It takes a special level of commitment because a lot of people will will move on, and so they see like, oh, you know, the teachers here, all, teachers here only stay for you know months or a year mm -hmm. or whatever, and every time it's it's different. So you know, then they they learn to like, yeah, it just messes up the the world again. So that's kind of like we I was going to ask. That's kind of like related to what I wanted wanted to know is so. Did that, you know, situation and all the stress of like that, did that push you out of education into the um into your other pursuits, whether it's comedy and acting and the radio and stuff like that? Or was it just like there was, hey, I really this is like where I think I'm supposed to be. So even yeah. though I enjoyed my education days, this is really where I think is is my um my, my happy place. Well, I think it's a little bit of all of that, you know the i think that working in those environments was really inspiring to me to be like okay i i i can do i enjoy being around like i enjoy being around these the kids i enjoy this part of it but i really like stand up mm -hmm. and then i so for about three years i was doing both and then i started subbing because ultimately stand-up started to take over and i started to be able to make more money doing that yeah and so what i would do is I'd sub Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'd go on the road through th Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if I got home early enough on Sunday and I'd never show, then I'd teach Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday again. Yeah. Um, but then after a while, that just starts to get pretty exhausting because it does. Sounds Monday, awesome. Tuesday, I'm thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was still going out. I mean, I was in my early 20s, so I was still I was going out. your every body day. clock, too, with all the like mm -hmm. the, 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 oh, yeah. The, the school schedule and the, and the, and the stand up schedule, they don't, they don't jive very well. Yeah, and then and then you start to make enough money where you don't really need the subbing. And then I found myself, you know, there's a couple times I I was in a class and I was like, oh man, like I knew it was phasing itself out in terms of me working in education during that time when I started only taking elementary jobs because they started later. Yeah, and even in like even in classrooms that I saw come up on the, you know, for like uh, jobs where I'm like, oh, I've worked with those kids before and they're a nightmare. What? <laughs> I can't get up at seven because I'm going to be out till midnight you know doing this tuesday night show trying to work on some new stuff for the road yeah. this week mm -hmm. um and then i went to graduate school in boston and i wanted to kind of continue i wanted to get a degree in public policy because really what the thing that frustrated me the most and still i'm um, still does to this day if it hasn't changed as much and i'm sure it hasn't because policy takes very oh it, it takes a lot of time to move yeah yeah is his uh i hated the, some of the schools that I worked in, um, 
I hated the lack of resources for the special education department. I hated mm -hmm. like, you know, they were they would dump tens of thousands of dollars into New Jersey's for the sports teams. And look, as an athlete growing up and I played basketball in college, I really appreciate New Jersey's, but <laughs> it just felt like the, the corners that all these teachers were having to cut in the special education oh. department at some of these schools I worked at or subbed in were mortifying where we would have, you know, wheelchair bound seniors in high school who need to be moved to a changing table from a wheelchair. And these kids are, you know, 210 pounds uh, and you have you know six 55 year old women trying to do wheelchair lifts and then it's just to me it was and all these things were on you know a punch sheet for things that the classrooms needed and were just never getting funded yeah and that part to me was so frustrating um because yeah you're if your state championship basketball team brings a lot of notoriety and prestige to your right. school and you're or you, you got know, fancy you got fancy tech in your classroom and, right. and and like when the when the the parents of 99% of the student population walk through the school everything looks really bright and shiny and new and and, and good for the for their kids yeah they're they're not as concerned about this like one corner of the school where there's like five yeah, to we're, 20 kids that are that are are not being uh, whose needs aren't being met yeah there's a broken standard for kids to actually stand up out of their chairs for a while and work, you know, with their hands and, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's been broken for six months and no one's bothering to fix it because it doesn't, no one really cares about that, that, that end of the school. And then the IEP stuff with like just ridiculous IEPs where it's like, you want a kid to learn how to juggle, but they, you know, they can't functionally use the bathroom independently. It's like, you know, this stuff to me is insane. So I wanted to get a, I went to school in Boston, uh, Boston college to get an MSW to start working on public policy. Um, and when I got out of school, that's, I just radio and, you know, I got on an MTV prank show and then comedy touring and things like that, that stuff kind of took off. And I always had this level of guilt when I started, when I moved to LA, I had this kind of low lying feeling of guilt of like, man, you went to school and got a public policy degree and you're not doing anything with it. You're just touring the country, mm -hmm. you know, having a ton of fun, you know, doing radio all over the country on shows. Right. Um, you know, being paid to do prank shows in, in New York and L.A. and all that. And my youngest brother, Killian, works in um, he works in a, like a similar field where he worked uh, for this uh, organization that worked to stop human trafficking. Mm hmm. And I was kind of like laying it out there for him that I feel guilty. I feel like I should be doing more for policy. And he goes, dude, are you out of your mind? He's like, you know how hard it is for us to get in touch with people who work in radio in, you know, to get like our causes airtime or, you know, you know, like when I start building, you know, building my social media following, it's like, do you know how hard it is for us to get you to care? Not you specifically, but people to care right. about a policy that may or a cause that maybe isn't, you know, it's not the the, the cause know, the, of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. it's not like you know, you it's know, not, people aren't putting it up on their on their Twitter banner because it's not. Yeah, it's not animals. Or, it's you know, it's, right. yeah, edu special education policy is probably not you know no, the hot topic not. against like no, it's, it's saving not. abandoned street dogs and stuff, which they're all important. Yeah. And I remember going like, ah, you're right. Like, this is where I should be right now. You know, mm -hmm. 10, 15 years from now, if, uh, you know, if I, I feel like I'm done with radio and I'm more into advocacy or 
I've even, you know, more into going back into education, whether even part-time or volunteering um, in classrooms that have kids that just are a handful, that just need somebody to kind of one-on-one with them for half the day Mm -hmm. um, at some point. And I remember that that took a lot of stress off me. And I was like, ah, I can just go back to just telling ridiculous stories and <laughs> being funny, trying to be funny and laugh at myself. <laughs> right. Um, and knowing that I can always be a resource for people who mm-hmm. need, you know, you know, I've really enjoyed the last year or so with the Amazon lists and teachers and, you know, <laughs> getting supplies out. Cause I know that when I showed up for my first day teaching kindergarten in a class that I was only going to do for three months because they needed a short term sub. I showed up and mine looked like a psych ward because I had nothing on the walls. Right. It's just, you know, empty classroom where yeah. like this classroom is awful. No, I, empty <laughs> classrooms look the 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 um the word institution just just screams yes. from 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 every corner if you do not cover it up. Yeah, it's like it, it like it looked like we're filming on the set of the of uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest in this yeah. room. Because yeah. uh, I, I thought that I thought that classrooms came with all that stuff, like alphabets oh, on the wall, like... cinder, blo- cinder blocks and glass, baby. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> yeah, and, and tile no one would buy ever for mm-hmm. for for a place. You know what I mean? It, Hear that light buzz from the neon lights? Yes. Oh God! Yeah. The light hum. Yeah. While I try to convince the kids that five recesses a day is normal, those <laughs> world side. <laughs> So yeah, I think that's I, that's where I find kind of the merge of all of it. I think that one of the greatest uh, things that uh, that has happened in my career is the four years that I worked in both full time and part time education. Mm-hmm. And I think that old, the, the irony of subbing for me was getting to see a larger cross section of what and this is the Seattle area at the time. What every part of the Seattle school district was dealing yeah. with when it came to resources right. and also seeing the the wild variance i was gonna say there's school. some i was gonna say that i'm curious about that so what did you find was oh this happens in every school there's people who complain about this don't complain mm-hmm. about it because it's it's not your school it's all of school and what was some things that were like this only happened this school was like killed it in this level or this school really yeah. I, I can't believe they were actually you know um this level of ridiculousness what they were expecting the um the teachers to do in that school do you have some examples like that uh well every school ever that i ever worked at always complained about the pick up and drop off areas <laughs> always there's like i don't think there's one school on the planet that one elementary school where you could go to them like hey how's pick up and drop off here and if they said oh smooth you, that would that would be a million to one upset because everybody hated no, the, pick up the, and drop off. Yeah, the, there's there's the human beings that are involved in that, whether it be the kids that they can't follow the instructions or the or the yeah. parents that can't follow instructions. It's some combination thereof that people just can't seem to, you know. It takes me back to the Mr. Mom. Um, if you've seen the Mr. Mom movie with Michael Keaton back in back oh, in yeah. oh, wow, and he's yes, like, and he comes in and he, they're like he has no idea how to just get through the circle and, and pick up and drop off his kids, and it happens yeah. all the time. No, yeah. just one guy or one mom that is oh, and, backwards and the whole thing just falls apart. And nobody has any chill. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like no, no parent, nobody out there, no monitor. I used to volunteer for recess monitor duty at every school I was at just so I didn't have to do pick up and drop off because I just <laughs> hated having, because there's some in, you know, I'm 37 years old and 
when I and I have you know kind of a baby face minus the mustache from November right now, which my wife hates, but um, <laughs> which I also would not feel comfortable teaching with right now. Yeah. <laughs> horrible mustache. But um, I remember the times that I did do pick up and drop off. There would be some parents who knew they. It's like they looked right at me and were like, "This guy's not going to say a word," and would just sit right where they wanted to sit, oh. and they were totally right. I was like super <laughs> awkward. I didn't want to tell anyone to like circle around or get out of line or keep it moving. I just, I could see, I could see that I, they knew I wasn't up for that fight and they uh -huh. were dead on. Oh yeah. They're just, like the they're just like the kid. They're just like the kid that was going to like make you, um, yeah. 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 On the table. It's exa it's exactly. Same dynamic. Same dynamic. I, I, I scream breakable. <laughs> but, yeah, but I have, I have a lot of patience. So you're going to have to come multiple times to really get me to snap. Um, the thing that I think really varied that I saw from school to school, um, especially in elementary education, was the amount of um, the amount of going above and beyond that inner city and low income schools. The teachers in elementary education have to do going out of pocket on their own, uh -huh. um, being really hyper vigilant to kids' health, what they're eating, um, how they how they're coming in every day. Right. Um, stuff, yeah, yeah, hygiene stuff, clothing, um, being really hypersensitive to kind of, I don't want to say eavesdropping, but a lot of times kind of like spying on things and right. stories and hearing the kids talk because, you know, a kindergartner doesn't really know how to, they don't really know what the hell is going on if there's weird people in and out of their house all the time or mom's mom hasn't been home for six months or whatever. And so I remember that those teachers had to be had they had to they had to wear so many different hats and more so than in elementary schools that came from that were in districts where you have a way more two parent households yeah and you know <laughs> someone's a de devoted stay at home parent who's going to be right there volunteering and right yeah. yeah PTA stuff and you know you hear the complaints on that and oh my god so and so's mom like won't leave me alone it's like well that's better than in some schools where you know a teacher will overhear a conversation about how this you know first grader hasn't seen either of his parents in four or five days right and it's just been going to school on his own every right is that yeah there's like a, there's like a, there's like a, a middle school that's like basically the de facto parent in that house or whatever yeah yeah wow. it, it, that part to me was was wild because uh you know teachers having the you know having snack closets and having like mm -hmm. um you know that was a thing that i was kind of shocked by you know because I, I i went to a really small school where everyone knew everybody I, in my graduating class and when i in you know got out of school was like 85 kids so we only had four kindergarten classrooms and so teachers all knew every single kid in every class and uh -huh. knew most of their parents but i remember there was a classroom that um the teacher had like you know like tons of cup of noodles and granola bars and she would do costco runs for other teachers they'd all pool their money and they'd have all this extra food to give out to these kids and that was the first time i ever heard about the idea that in some schools like this is the only good meal they're getting any day uh, every day yeah. mm -hmm. that's such a foreign concept i think to a lot of teachers who come from you know, work in schools that just by the blessing of their tax codes and the re in the address yeah don't deal with those kinds of things because they, they, have, they really... have the kids who's who um uber eats is bringing their um yeah their lunch right you know what i mean <laughs> right yep. yeah i mean and that's it it's just if it's a nature of just where you're lit you know where you live where your district is but um, I always would, I always was uh, impressed with 
the really solid elementary school teachers in very difficult districts and just how, I mean, they could be in if they want, I mean, they had the prowess of um, like homicide detectives for putting together like what a kid was going through, uh-huh. you know, and being able to piece it all together and yeah. kind of having yeah. an idea of who is who in this person's life. Almost like one of those like boards where you have a string <laughs> yeah. and you're like trying to, based on every day you get another piece of information from a student, you just fill in another part of the weird little scenario they have going on behind the scenes um that part was always really fascinating jeez that's cool that's 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 (laughs) wild that's wild absolutely that's that's wild do you want to wrap this up here Millie, and jump we got we think we got like where where we um got our um well we've we've covered we've covered everything from like the, the the horrible state of so many schools and situations all the way to <laughs> yeah brian changing yeah. diapers I mean, I, like what else is that, there? that's the thing though that i do like it will be uh the next phase of my life i think will be working more in that area and i still try to do it now i think i love that about being on radio is that you get to look at the community as like a big cross-section and whether it's school supplies or you know highlighting teachers that are doing really good stuff and um you know and the just especially working with the kids that are challenging um i i would love to get more back into that at some point in time down the road but right now it's easy it's fun just to tell stories and goof around on the radio i was gonna say so like um so where can people find you that want like that you know say hey i want i want to hear more and I oh yeah funny stories and all that kind of stuff so like um yeah so so, so it's it's at Moot Comedy, um, M-O-O-T-E Comedy. If you just look up Brian Moot, M-O-O-T-E, you'll find Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I have a, a special on Dry Bar Comedy that I shot in 2017 that I think a good, it's a 40-minute special, okay. and I think a good 10 or 15 minutes of it is all about that first school that I worked in and just about how in over my head I was. Um, I, I, you know, I found out I was dyslexic in college which is an unfortunate time to find that out because <laughs> that means that for the, that means it, did, it wasn't that I just hate, it, it wasn't that I hated reading. It's that I just was really bad at it and I yeah. could have figured it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that uh, when I was writing jokes about all that stuff and like, you know, growing up and looking at stories and just kind of thinking about how funny it was that I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that I was bad at reading. I didn't know that there was like a diagnosis for that about how my brain was just flipping things around. But I remember that when teachers would make you read out loud, mm-hmm. you know, like it by, yeah, I'd count the paragraphs. Yes. And then I just start feverishly memorizing mine. Yes. Right. So that I, I knew what I, I, I could actually read it out loud. And then like, all it took was like one person, like going to the bathroom. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, no. And I'm like feverishly reading another one. Another one. Um, yes. And so I, I talk about a lot of that stuff in, uh, in that special on dry bar comedy. Yeah. So, which Just by the way, by I my think... name. Yeah, the anxiety of reading out loud is something that never leaves you. Even even when I've done teleprompter work for video stuff um, mm-hmm. on on camera or um, like shooting some commercials or doing web series and things, like teleprompter work as well. It's just there's nothing that makes you feel more vulnerable than reading on the fly. You don't want to stutter. Right. You you don't want to come to a roadblock word where you're like, I don't even know what that word is. Yes. You know, like I remember the first time like I saw touche on a you know, like a word I've read a million I've seen I've said a million times and I saw it on a teleprompter, I was like, Tucci. And everyone just like <laughs> laugh. I was like, Oh no, idiot. Like I, oh, that's what that little thing means? 
Ha. All right. <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. Good times. Good times. So, um, so yeah, so, so guys just, um, follow them. I, I really, we, we tell a funny story at the end, but I feel like Shane, like we've done like funny stories oh, the whole the, time. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we just appreciate you coming on and, and give and oh, yeah, of course. time to us. You know what I mean? And, um, just so guys just fi- find, find him where he is. Hit, hit the Brian mood thing. There's, there's hopefully a link in my, in my show notes. If I'm getting better at doing the, um, <laughs> the show notes, by the way, if you're listening now and you're saying the show notes have sucked since Tedisco left the show, it's because I've taken over and, and, and I'm just give me some time. I'll get, I'll, I promise I'll get good at it. I, it's I, a learning I, curve. Come on. It is a learning curve. Yes. Yes. So, um, so anyway, we always say at the at the end of every episode, stay unprofessional. Uh, so I know here at Unprofessional Development, of course, you know, you and me, now that we're part of the Alberta Podcast Network, I mean, we're just making mountains of money. Like we're just, oh my goodness. Like, I'm sitting on a stack I know, of I cash can't, right now. I had, to, I had to build an extension on my house. Yeah. Okay? Just a and I'm, money, I'm right? also considering... Um, investing in a car wash to launder some of it, just like um, our just boy. Just like good old Walter um, White there. Yeah, absolutely. Walter, well, Walter there, White, yes. There's, there's actually something else that we could do with our money, right? We could actually do something, you know, like pretty good, more, more than just- Is this like, a commercial or are you actually talking to us? No, about? no, this is the commercial. This is it. Oh, and, oh did you know you listen to commercial guys? So this so is a very ahead. unprofessional Anyway, I thought we were having a conversation. Go ahead. <laughs> No, this episode of Unprofessional Development is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The Edmonton Community Foundation? Yes, yes. And and what's that, you ask? Not the ECF. Everyone yeah, the knows. ECF. Go ahead. Everyone knows. It's, uh, it's a bridge, a foundation that acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations wow. to come. So the whole idea here is that, see, all this cash that we're sitting on right now, mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be burned to heat our homes anymore. We can actually do something with it. Yes. Yes, we can actually start an endowment fund. Oh, that'd be cool. Right. You and me can do it together or you can do it by yourself. And then once mm-hmm. it reaches $10,000, it can actually start distributing funds. And that's 10000 Canadian dollars. So that's like six bucks US. Yes. Right. Yes. So I've this got, is I just, not I much. just blew my nose on that a minute ago. So <laughs> that, that's no problem. <laughs> okay. So if you want to learn more about that, if you want to start getting things set up, um, there's a website you can go to. Imagine that. Cool. Yeah, it's called uh, ecfoundation.org. Okay, that sounds awesome. It so is basically, awesome. if I do that, I'm essentially like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, where I'm I'm, exactly. I'm solving the world's problems, yes? Exactly right. 